Welcome to this edition of In the Author's Voice. I'm Jeff Williams. There's a new whodunit series from an author that knows of what she writes. Dr. Barbara Golder is a forensic pathologist and an attorney. The first novel in her Lady Doc Murders series is Dying for Revenge. It's out in paperback. I recently talked with Golder about the book, her work, and its influence on her writing. I think that everybody who likes to read mysteries believes deep in his or her heart that it's possible to write one. So I, I fall into that category of wannabe writers from a long time since, I think. Uh, part of it is because I really do like the mystery genre. The mystery genre to me is, is the last bastion, if you will, of the, the morality tale where there's some clear-cut lines of how things happen and there's an agreement between the writer and the reader about how things should go forward. So part of it was that, but part of it for this particular book was because as a medical examiner, I saw firsthand how violent death or or even violent injury affects people in their lives, not just the deceased, but the people who investigate, the people who are left behind. And many times mysteries gloss over that. That becomes secondary, if at all, an issue in in the um, book. So for me, part of the, the drive to write this was about how people might respond not just to the mystery, which is a whodunit, and that's fun and interesting and, and good, but to the the journey of the heart that happens whenever violence is visited unexpectedly. So that was pretty much the driver for this book. The book is Dying for Revenge. Jane Wallace is the medical examiner. She's your protagonist in the in this. Tell me a little bit about her, and, and I understand she had a, a family um, tragedy as well that, that works into... Uh, and that's the hook. That's the hook. Jane is a um, medical examiner and a lawyer. Imagine that. And she is in a new town because her husband has been murdered by one of her partners as a result of a lawsuit that she filed and won. So she's had this violence visit her personally in her life, not just peripherally as a medical examiner. And she doesn't know what to do with it. She's reeling from it. It disrupts her entire worldview. It, it sends her off into space, really. So she retreats. She does what a lot of us do. She retreats to try to lick her wounds and sort of sort this out into this town of Telluride, Colorado, where she becomes the medical examiner and is immediately thrust right back into solving a series of killings that have occurred in the town. And as she does that, she has to work through her own life because she finds that she and the killer have more in common than she would like the story you, you mentioned is set in, in Telluride. I know in talking with other authors of this genre, they, they sometimes pick the locations of their storylines for specific reasons, and they're really almost another character in, in the book. How did, uh, how did Dr. Wallace end up in Telluride? Dr. Wallace ended up in Telluride in part because I love the town. It's a small town. It's kind of a quirky town. It's It's a very interesting place. Lots of very wealthy people go there. It's a ski town, lots of celebrities. So it has this this gloss of, of celebrity on it. But it's also a town in which ordinary people live, so they come in contact with each other uh, very, very tightly. And it has its own kind of personality. It's, it's, um, it's a very liberal town. It has a particular perspective on the world, and it's one in which Jane Wallace doesn't fit. So she she comes into a place where she doesn't fit, and part of her journey is to find out how she does fit 
into this town. So Telluride is, in fact, a character in the book, and Telluride's persona comes through, I hope, and I, and I hope it portrays the fact that I have great affection for that town as well. You touched on the on the narrative a, a little bit, but t- tell us, give us without giving anything away. Tell us a little bit about what what Jane struggles with in in this book. Well, Jane struggles with forgiveness, and part of the part of the journey of the heart, whenever something like this happens, and it's it's part of the resilience of the human spirit, I think, is to get from revenge into something else, because revenge tends to per- per- perpetuate the violence that occurred in the first place. So she has to get from revenge. She gets to justice fairly simply because she goes through the the judicial process, but that's an external. She has to get through a matter of justice in her own heart, and then ultimately she has to move forward into a different place of forgiveness and mercy, and that's that's really the story that underlies the mm-hmm. the mystery. Mm-hmm. One thing I've noticed is that there is one of the one of the lines throughout the out the story is uh, her faith. And that's maybe maybe a little different than what we get sometimes in in, in some stories of the show. It is, and I th- I think in large measure, with the exception of a couple of writers, and there there are a few out there who who bring this in. Um, Alice Peters was one, but with the exception of a few writers, mysteries have been sterilized of any mention, practically of faith. And we used to have mysteries, of course, that, that centered on this because of this storyline of having to get from revenge into some other place that often happens through the, the path of faith, you know, the, the Father Brown mysteries, for example. Sure. Um, so modern mysteries tend not to do that. And I happen to live in a part of the country where faith is very open. I'm in the sort of the deep south where, you know, the second question you get asked is, where do you go to church? So <laughs> that happens here, too. <laughs> it's, it's very it's very interesting. It's such a part of daily life, and it's so absent from, from the genre that what I wanted to do was show people of different kinds of faith, because I think everybody has some kind of faith of, uh, uh, or another, may not be may not be conventional, may not be centered around a church, but they, they have some faith to move forward. To see people of different kinds of faith grappling with these issues, and they, they don't do it all that well, particularly, but none of us does it particularly well. So it's, it's an attempt to be a little bit honest in the exploration of how this happens in human lives, and it's all part of that moving away from revenge into some other place story. Being both a pathologist and, and an attorney by, by training, was it easier or more difficult to translate that to the written page? It was astoundingly hard, and it was hard, I think, because I'd spent so much time writing technical work where you're, where the premium is on being pithy and, and straightforward. And the, the challenge of the novel is not to tell people what they're supposed to think or get out of it, but to present something that they then take and make their own and get something out of from their own process. So it's, a, it, it's the classic show-don't-tell sort of advice that they give novelists, but that's really hard when you spent your life being a being a professor of, you know, learn these eight things and then go out and do them. It was it was a very difficult thing for me. To to what degree does the science play a role in this storyline? And well, how do you determine that balance when you're when you're writing? Well that was another piece of this. I think people are interested in the science, but I I'm not inclined because you, yeah, in my experience, it's very difficult to do well. I'm not inclined to make it a treatise 
in a treatise. You know, it's, I'm not really there to teach you much about forensic medicine except that these concepts exist and here's how they are put together. But I think they are interested in that sort of thing. There's a, there's a certain amount of license in how you put that together. And, and part of the problem we have these days is what I call the NCIS effect, where people think <laughs> everything is, you know, it's not that way. It really isn't. You, you, can't, you can't do that in 10 minutes? No, you really can't. <laughs> and, 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 and nobody, I forget what the name of the, the, lab, the lab person is, uh, Abby, I guess. I, very few Abbies exist in this world. So, so there's the temptation to try to, to teach people about that. What I tried to use it was a tool to make it an entry into a different kind of world and a kind of way of thinking. And I also wanted to avoid the, the temptation, I think sometimes authors fall prey to this, to make it very, very graphic about what's going on. It's, I, I find that counterproductive in my own reading, and so I didn't want to do it to my readers. This is book one of the Lady Doc Murders. What's, what's on the horizon? Well, I'm currently in the process of, of rewriting. I have discovered that writing is, in fact, rewriting. Book number two, um, which uh, takes, takes the same characters and moves them into a, into a different situation, a, a, different, a different kind of, of mystery. There, um, there are actually 11 additional titles, and it's it kind of surprising. When I told one of my friends about this, she gasped, and she said, well, that's the rest of your life. And I thought, well, it might be. <laughs> I, I, always, I often ask authors that, that, that have developed and are, are writing uh, long-running series, uh, do the characters become very personal? Are they part of your, of your life? They really do, and they take, I've heard authors say this before, and now I have an appreciation of it. I had an intellectual appreciation before, but now I, I really get it. They really do take on a life of their own. These are, these are people with their own world. And it's, it was actually kind of funny. My husband is one of the most long-suffering people I know. And when I was writing this book, I was doing it while I was working full-time, so it was very much a, a night and weekend sort of thing. And periodically I would just get this blank look on my face, and he'd know that I had just disappeared into this world and I was working out some nuance of plot or whatever. So, yeah, they, they really do become real, and they teach you about themselves. They give you a dimension. It's, it's, it's astounding to me that they give you hints that – Intellectually, I would not have thought of. For readers that, that, that pick up the book, and, and as well as being as being entertained, what do you hope that, that readers take away from, from the story? Well, first, I hope they enjoy it. That's the whole point of a mystery. It's to be something that is, um, is, is a nice escape, if you will. Like Everybody wants to write the great American novel. I may have written the great American beach read. It's fine. I'm good with that. Um, I, I want them to take away an enjoyable experience with characters that, in some way or another, are meaningful. It, I, I think that it will also challenge them in different ways. There's enough going on in the book that that everybody, I think, will find something that makes them look at the world a little bit differently, and I would be pleased if that happened, but mostly I want them to enjoy the book. That's Barbara Golder, a retired forensic pathologist and attorney and author of Dying for Revenge, the first book in her Lady Doc Murders series. In the author's voice is a listener-supported service of WSIU Radio and Southern Illinois University. I'm Jeff Williams.